Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along. On this Sunday morning, as we, we like to look at a Christmas or a carol or song, a hymn, a Christian song, and know the story behind it. Or as Paul Harvey, if you ever knew him, used to say, now you know the rest of the story. I'd like to share with you this morning about one of the most famous Christian Christmas carols called Angels from the Realms of Glory. You know, we often don't think much about angels and the part they play in our own life. They were obviously very active in creation. They were very active in at the birth of Christ, and they are more active in our lives than we realize. Sometimes we don't think about this. Maybe in this coming year we'll do a study and part of our daily word and prayer on the on angels and their involvement in our lives even to this day. But this song is about a revolution, and, it's, and it it's, brings about a revolution that the writer might not have initially even thought about. And also, <clears throat> the song is about a son, the written by a young man who grew up, his parents put Christ first, went off to the mission field. He was raised in a, in a school at a young age. They left him in a school while they went to the mission field. And there may have been some resentment, may have been some bitterness but in the long run, he came back to a strong faith in Jesus Christ himself. Let's read the story. This is called Angels from the Realms of Glory. I'm reading from a book by a guy named Ace Collins, and i just like to read this. It's, read his, I can't improve upon how he put it. It's called Stories Behind the Best Loved Songs of Christmas. You can order it at Amazon or wherever you buy your books, and and uh, I think it's just best if I, rather than put it into my own words, just read his words. So I give him credit. I've really enjoyed this book. If you're looking for a good Christmas gift for yourself or something to help you um, learn some of the stories behind Christmas, he's got several books out on these topics. I think you would enjoy them. I have. Here we go. Reading just from his book. Angels from the Realms of Glory, possibly the best written sacred Christmas carol of all time, helped launch a revolution that continues to impact millions of lives today. At its heart is its writer, an Irishman born in November of 1771. James Montgomery was born in Irvine, Irishshire, Scotland. Montgomery's father, John, was an Irish Moravian missionary. When his parents were called to evangelistic work in the West Indies, the child was sent to a Moravian community in Ballymena, County Atrum, Ireland. By the time he was seven, James was at Full Neck Seminary, Yorkshire, England. Five years later, the parents James hardly knew died on the mission field. Did you catch those dates? At seven years old, he was at this seminary. They'd sent him away, they'd sent him to the school when he was young, and at seven, he'd hardly known them, and they died on the mission field. Perhaps because of the distance from, from and the tragic loss of his parents, Montgomery never was very interested in his schooling. Flunking out of seminary, he became a baker's assistant for a short time. By the age of 20, the young man was, was little more than a vagrant, moving from job to job, often unemployed and homeless for weeks at a time. Montgomery's only interest was writing. He spent what little money he had on pencils and paper taking hours to compose poetic odes on everything from loneliness to faith. 
Though no publisher was interested in his work, the radical editor of the Sheffield Register saw something in the young man's raw talent. For the next two years, Montgomery got paid to do what he most loved to do, write stories. He also learned firsthand about the hardships of being an Irishman under English rule. At the age of 23, when the newspaper's owner was run out of town for writing radical editorials concerning Irish freedom, the missionary's son took over the register. In an attempt to quell the British government's wrath, Montgomery changed the paper's name to Sheffield Iris. Yet he didn't change its editorial stance. Just as his parents had strongly rebelled against the strict rules and rituals of England's official church, James was bent on carrying on a written war for Ireland's freedom. At about that time, he also became an active leader in the abolitionist movement. His fiery editorial stance twice landed him in prison. Yet each time he was released, he returned to the Iris and continued his printed war for freedom on all fronts. When Montgomery is not waging an editorial crusade against English rule and slavery, he was reading his Bible in an attempt to understand the power that motivated his parents' lives and ultimately led to their deaths. In time, his scripture study and rebellious zeal would blend and send the young man on a new mission. One of the first hints of this change was revealed on Christmas Eve, 1816. Irishmen, who hated all, <clears throat> who hated all things British, probably carefully studied the newspaper each day, hoping to find some Montgomery-penned passage that would inspire more to join their revolution. It is certain that local government officials who read the Iris often wished to nail the man who was so often a thorn in their side. Yet on December 24th, 1816, <clears throat> readers discovered a different stance from the fiery editor. On that day, his editorial did not divide Irish from English, but rather brought everyone who read the Irish closer together. Here's what he wrote. Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. Shepherds in the fields abiding, watching over your flocks by night. God with man is now residing. Yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King. Sages, leave your contemplations, brighter visions beam afar. Seek the great desire of nations, ye have seen his natal star. Saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear. Suddenly the Lord descending in his temple shall appear. Come and worship, come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn king. Written in the same poetic verse that Montgomery had employed during his aimless wanderings, the aimless wanderings of his youth, Nativity, which would eventually become the carol Angels from the Realms of Glory, told the story of angels proclaiming the birth of a Savior for all people, English and Irish, rich and poor, Anglican and Moravian. 
eloquent, beautiful, and scripturally sound. Montgomery soon touched more lives for Christ with a stroke of his pen than his parents did in all their years of missionary work. Still, when read between the lines, there was a bit of social commentary in nativity. A verse long deleted from the carol speaks of a society that needs to right some wrongs. That lost stanza also reveals the writer's personal journey in finding purpose and meaning in his own life. Here's how it goes. Sinners, wrung with true repentance, doomed for guilt to endless pains. Justice now revokes the sentence. Mercy calls you. Break your chain. As Montgomery would soon find out, his poem would break chains, but not those he had envisioned. The impact of nativity would actually foreshadow the writer's future, since he would come to revolutionize music and thinking in the English church. As often is the case with inspired work, irony stepped in and took an important role in revealing nativity to a mass audience. The Irish revolutionary poem, revolutionary's poem might have been forgotten if not for an Englishman. Here he was the Irish, and it's not for an Englishman. It was a member of the English establishment, the same group against which Montgomery had long fought, that would become the agent in making his poem a worldwide favorite. Henry Smart, the son of a music publisher, had given up a successful law career to become one of England's, England's finest organists and composers. Like Montgomery, he was a revolutionary. Only his cause was bringing new and beautiful music to English congregations, something that often involved bitter conflicts, worship wars, music wars, if you know what I mean. Many traditionalists wanted nothing in church services but the simple chants that had been a part of worship for hundreds of years. They often argued that the members of the congregation were merely spectators and should not be involved in the important facets of worship. Smart, however, Henry Smart, however, felt that God spoke to every man and woman and that worship should be a joyful corporate experience. In the face of ridicule, Smart published new songbooks with, with harmonized melodies. When people heard his harmonies, they demanded that his work be used in the church. Bowing to the will of the people and realizing that other Protestant denominations had already begun using this new worship style, the Church of England allowed the composer's ideas to take root. It's no exaggeration that Smart is, is to harmonize church music what Bach is to the German choral. Yet, the fact that Smart saw the need for new excitement in worship was ironic. By the age of 18, Smart was going blind. He probably couldn't have even read the poem that James Montgomery had written on Christmas Eve of 1816. But somewhere, some 20 years after it had been written, the composer listened to the Irishman's words. Inspired by the wisdom, power, fire, and beauty he saw in nativity, Smart composed a tune to go with the poem. When published, the Montgomery Smart collaboration had a different title and a new vibrant life, Angels from the Realms of Glory, 
would not only be welcomed as a new Christmas carol, it would soon become one of the songs that opened the door for new, joyful, and uplifting music in hundreds of English churches. But even before Smart had married his music to Montgomery's poem, Montgomery had lost interest in the Irish Revolution. As he grew to fully understand his parents' calling, he returned to the Moravian Church and became an avid worker for missions. He also began to write hymns, ultimately composing more than 400 hymns. With the aid of Henry Smart, he led a quieter rebellion, bringing festive, personal style of music into church services that made the congregation part of worship. A music critic once wrote, for comprehensiveness, appropriateness of expression, force of elevation, and sentiment, angels from the realms of glory may challenge comparison with any hymn that has ever been written in any language or any country. Therefore, it seems appropriate that the strong faith that was evident in every word, line, and verse not only sustained the song's remarkable writer on his often difficult and solitary journey through life, but also helped open the church door for a more joyful worship experience. Always looking to his own life and experiences for inspiration, Montgomery once wrote in an inspirational poem that he meant to set to music. It says this, Beyond his veil of tears, there's life above, unmeasured by the flight of years, and all that life is love. Montgomery continued to write hymns until the day he died in 1854. By that time, the man twice imprisoned by England for his beliefs had heard angels from the realms of glory sung in the Anglican churches of London, and the revolution began begun in an Irishman's newspaper eventually touched both people, both throughout England and beyond its borders. And shall we say, now you know the rest of the story. Father, we thank you for the revolution that you bring. Sometimes we ask for a political revolution, Lord, and we pray for freedom, and we thank you for every time freedom advances. Sometimes, Lord, as in this case, the revolution needs to happen in our hearts and in our churches. And we thank you for how you have this sense of taking people and their efforts to serve you and directing them in the proper way. How we praise you for this history. How we praise you. We stand on the shoulders of giants. We thank you, Lord, for the people who've gone before us and have shaped our lives and shaped the church and shaped our worship shaped our understanding of what you require of us. Thank you, Lord, how you work in the lives of every person. We thank you for this James Montgomery, whose parents went off to the mission field and he hardly ever knew them. The journey he went through, times wandering away from the faith, times of confusion, times of loneliness, times trying to find a worldly cause to give his life to, but ultimately how his parents' prayers must have been answered as you brought him back to you. And he gave us such wonderful gifts of worship and singing praises to you. We bless you. We give you this day, Father, as we're your servants, as we follow you with all of our heart. This day, might you take it and use it for your glory. We thank you for this wonderful Christmas season. I pray, Lord, that each one of us, no matter what stresses we're under, no matter what loneliness we feel, no matter what loss maybe we've experienced, 
We might have hearts and eyes to turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in your wonderful face, be reminded of all you've done for us, and be reminded of your grace and glory towards us. Help us today to walk in your joy and victory. This is our strength. We pray we'd never lose it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining along with me today as we got got into this and heard the story. Again, if you're interested, uh, you can look back. It's in the description below by Ace Collins. You can pick it up. It's a great book. I've really enjoyed reading it. We come here every day. If this is your first time, welcome. I hope you'll subscribe to our channel and come back regularly. Sunday's a little bit different. We talk about a song, but the rest of the week, we're into the Word of God, studying it, learning it, because we know that we need to be strong in the Word if we want to be strong in the Lord. So I hope you'll join us. To those of you who are here regularly, I love you. So glad you're with us. And have a wonderful day today. Until we meet tomorrow morning, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, fill you with the love of Christ. As we've said, you have something the world didn't give you, so don't let the world take it away from you. Might God fill you with the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.